I'm Heidi. I'm Heather. And we're sisters. This is The H&H Show. Hey friends, welcome back to The h and Show. We're really glad that you're listening. And Heather actually has got an incredible word to share with us today. She was just kind of unpacking it for me. Um, one thing you might not know about The h and Show is when Heather and I are going to do a chat, we actually just sit ahead of time and talk about what God is putting on our heart mm-hmm. in our own personal time of study. Um, so it's not as if we do this roadmap for shows for the entire year. We try to be really intentional to see what's God speaking to us right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've got to put the word on the shelf for a minute mm-hmm. because it's for us mm-hmm. or it's for someone in our life that's still marinating, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got some of those words right now, don't yeah. we, Heather? Um, and some stories that we cannot wait to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. But most often our chats are about what God's speaking to us right now right in now. this exact mm-hmm. week or season. And so Heather was just unpacking this story of um, kind of what the Lord is showing her. And we said, like, this is it. This is what this we're is supposed what, to podcast yeah. today. So without much ado, like yeah. to do, yeah, let's just jump right in. Well, and I love that because we'll often sit here and we'll look through our personal journals yeah. of, you know, and obviously there are things that are just personal between, sure. you know, the Lord and, and you or the Lord and me and that we, that we won't share on the airwaves, yeah. but so many times there's a word that God gives us and I'll just make little notes. And I know you do this too, where sometimes I'll be like, this is for our church Mm -hmm. or this is for H and H. And I love that the Holy Spirit is so specific to say like, this is for your listeners. Yes. And I really feel like I, when I read this, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was for our listeners. And Mm so that's for you. Mm-hmm. That's you right now. You who are um, folding laundry in your house and you feel like you're just piled under a mountain of laundry and you can't get out from under it. Heidi and I can 100% relate to that. Or you're driving in your car and you're you're, you're doing the carpool thing with your kids. And, mm-hmm. Or like the you're commute. Just, yeah, or the commute and you're just like, man, I've got 20 minutes to listen to some podcasts and you choose ours. Thank you. Thank yes. you for choosing ours because we really believe that the Holy Spirit gives us words for you. Mm-hmm. And so many times, you know, so many of you reach out to us and we follow you on Instagram and um, we can see your faces. And mm-hmm. so many times your faces will flash into my mind. And I know Heidi's the same where we're all think, um, you know, this person's listening and I'm so excited that this might encourage them. And so I just want you to know that we don't podcast to what we feel like is just like an army of faceless people. We podcast to people that we really um, connect with and we feel an emotional connection to you and a friendship with you, even if we've never met you face to face. We know you're listening and we value you and we pray for you. Mm -hmm. Heather, start with the story that probably most of our listeners are going to be familiar with about the pastor in Canada. Yeah. So, and it's interesting, Heidi, because this particular story, which is super relevant and is happening, it's current, it's happening right now in Mm -hmm. our world. And probably many of you have heard of it or seen it or something on social media or on the news. Um, This happened just this, just within this last week. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I actually got this word from the Lord. Um, Let me, let me look it up. I, I think it was, Actually, I don't have the exact date, but I think it was at, it was at least three weeks ago. Okay. So I read this in my personal Bible time, wrote it in my journal, 
it was two different words on two different days and I wrote them both down and then, and I kind of just let it sit. So I was like, man, that's really good. That's for something, but I, you know, and, and I think it's for H and H, but then as this story came up about this pastor, I went back to my journal and looked at it and I was like, that's what it is. Okay. That's totally what it is. So there is a pastor in Alberta, Canada. And one of the things that jumped out to me that was really significant is my in-laws, um, Chris's parents live in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Alberta is an amazing province. It's a beautiful country. Um, and this is just north of them, just a little bit, just like a few miles north of wow. them. So very close. It makes it very personal. Sure. You know, this isn't a story that's happening somewhere in, in communist China or in the Middle East where they're not allowed to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in our own neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, this could be your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So this pastor, um, Canada is still very locked down because of the coronavirus, and their churches are very limited. They, I don't know exactly. I'm, I think they can have like fifteen percent of capacity in buildings, and they're not allowed to sing. And like, there's some pretty, in my mind, ridiculous restrictions on them. And um, they're similar to the United States where they have, you know, we have our constitution and we have our Bill of Rights and the things that grant the people the freedom. We, the people, mm-hmm. you know, are the ones who are, are actually um, the, the government, the mm-hmm. governing body in our nation. And Canada is very similar to that. Okay. So they have their own version of our Bill of Rights. This pastor was told um, they had been meeting when it was technically... I'm using air quotes, illegal mm-hmm. to meet. He felt like the mandate and the call in his life to to open his church and preach the gospel of Jesus was at the forefront of everything else. Yeah. You know, a, a governing power higher, a sovereign higher than the government. Yeah. Um, his mandate that God has called him to. And so he had opened his church and he was preaching the gospel and they were singing and they were doing it safely. They were following a lot of the health protocols. They had not had um, any... COVID cases linked back to them. In Mm. fact, when they did have, I think it was, oh man, maybe I shouldn't even say this because I'm not sure it's exactly right, but two cases and neither of those cases in their church, they had gotten from their church body. Okay. So they could even, had even proven that they hadn't come from that. So a judge ordered him to be arrested. He was, um, he preached a Sunday sermon. I think it was on February 14th, Valentine's day. And he was arrested, um, handcuffed and ankle cuffed and taken to solitary confinement. And for a while, his wife was not even able to get a hold of him or know, you know, know what was going on with him. And he's, he's a dad, he's got kids, you know, he's, he's like, like we are. Yeah. And, um, this man is, is in solitary confinement and his trial is possibly months away. And he, the judge has told him, you are free to go on two conditions that you will not preach and that you will not open your church and disobey the the mandates that have been set in place in your province. Wow. And this man has said, I can't agree to that. Hmm. I cannot agree to not preaching the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And there might be some of you listening that are like, well, he needs to obey the government. And that's your right to think that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that uh, the Bible is very clear. Yes, it does speak a lot about being under authority, mm-hmm. um, but there is also a higher authority. Yeah. And he is very much, in my opinion, um, under biblical the biblical authority that God has put on him. Yeah. And so... Because God's word does tell us, do not forsake together. 
Do not forsake the assembly. Yeah, yes. Meaning the people of God coming together to encourage one another. Right. And and he was honoring and respecting many of the protocols that were put in place sure. by the government. The thing, Heidi, is that is so crazy is that he is is really he's standing alone. I mean, he's literally alone. He's in, in solitary confinement. Yeah. I saw his wife say that she was so grateful he at least had his Bible. He had his Bible. They allowed him yeah. to keep his Bible, which I'm not sure how that played out, but yeah, his one thing was his Bible. I know. And I love this. So just yesterday, which would have been a week Sunday, a week of you know after he was arrested, his church opened up again. I mean, brave people. Yeah. Those are some brave people. I tell you what, I'd have been going. Come on, Like yeah. if that was my church, yeah. I'd have been going. Yeah. I'd have been there. And uh, one of his, I think it was one of his elders or um, a man in the church, I'm not sure who, um, preached. Hmm. And somehow his wife was able to have a phone call with him uh, before the service and his- With her husband. With her husband yeah. and put him on speakerphone with the elders and his- his his counsel to this man who was getting ready to preach was preach and die, brother. Mm-hmm. Preach and die. Wow. And I am just like chills from head to toe yeah. thinking about what a privilege it is for us to live in this time in history mm-hmm. where we, <laughs> we get the opportunity yeah. to stand up for the gospel of Jesus. We get the opportunity to stand alone, even if it means imprisonment and solitary confinement. You want to know who else had that privilege? Paul. Yes. The apostle Paul. Yeah. You know, many of the apostles were imprisoned. Many of, I mean, most of Paul's letters that make up most of the New Testament were written when he was in prison. Right. You know, and yet that's what we read and how we gain wisdom and understanding about the early church and how we're supposed to live our lives according to God's law. And, and yet here we are, Mm -hmm. here we are in this crazy time in history where a pastor is being arrested and thrown in prison in Canada. Yeah. And I doubt it will be long before it comes down across those borders into the United States because that's what the devil is out. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy um, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus. He's so angry that people are finding their hope and their life in Jesus. And he hates the bride of Christ. So he hates anyone that's willing to stand up and defend the bride of Christ. Yes which is the church of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you were telling that story, it made me think two quick questions. Um, The people, the brave souls that showed up to attend church yesterday, Mm -hmm. that next Sunday, one week after their pastor was hauled off Mm -hmm. in cuffs and ankle cuffs, Mm -hmm. who were the families that showed up Mm -hmm. to worship Jesus anyway? And who are the families who stayed home? Mm -hmm. And which camp do you fall in? Yeah. Because there's two. There's Mm -hmm. two camps, those that were like, man, we are going to hunker down. We might stream it online, but we are going to stay home and stay safe. And who are the families that said, no, we want to be on the front lines. We want to show our pastor that we believe that what he has done to stand up for truth, we are going to stand up for truth as well. And, and, you know, you sweet listener, like think through that, which camp would you fall into? You know, and I have to think through that, which camp would my family fall into? I, I know what my answer is, but I want you to ask yourself, yeah. if it came down to that, if your church body was in this situation today, what would that feel like? Yeah. You know, because this isn't about reading a story that happened 
decades ago. This Mm-mm. is right now. Yeah. And and what does that look like for your family? Are you prepared mm-hmm. for that kind of needing to stand alone? Mm-hmm. Are we ready for that type of pressing in? And I would have to say, Heidi, that I think many, many aren't. Many are not. Many aren't. Because we haven't ever had to be. No. We've gotten to have, we've had the luxury, and I don't say luxury as a privilege. It's actually been a disservice to us that we've had the luxury of everything being pretty good. Yeah. Free worship. Pretty safe. Pretty free. um, And and, and, uh, freedom the freedom that we've experienced, you know, I'm going to go off into civics here, but our unalienable rights are from God, not from the government. Mm-hmm. Those those rights are from God, and, and yet we've, we somehow attribute them to the government. And then when the government takes them away, we're like, oh, okay, maybe those aren't our rights. Yeah. Maybe we will just back into a corner and wait for everything to calm down mm-hmm. and since, instead of saying, no, these are an inalienable rights from God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking um, about Hebrews 10, and I have some more scripture that I want to share too, but I'm sorry, I'm just like slightly fired up about this. You're, you're fine. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, you know, Hebrews 10 talks about how we have the, we have the ability – to boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Because Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross and that veil was torn and we can now enter into the holy of holies. And are we doing that? Like, are we taking advantage of that? But then just further down, I love it because he's talking about us engaging with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, you know, having access to the Holy Spirit. But then just right below that, like a verse below that, it's still the same paragraph. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and this, and let us not neglect our meeting together mm-hmm. as some people do, mm-hmm. but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I'm like, man, we, we have to, suicides are up, depression is up, you know, uh, divorces are up, people, people feeling lonely and depressed, it's skyrocketing. And yet we are choosing to do the thing, neglect meeting together that actually counteracts all of those things. Mm -hmm. When you come together with a friend and you get encouraged. And so by us saying like, no, no more, like we're not going to neglect this anymore. It's a spirit. It's a scriptural biblical mandate. Mm -hmm. Do not neglect meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the time of his return is drawing near. Hmm. Um, so there's one more thing that I want to say, and this is actually what the Lord showed me in, in Psalms. Psalms 1 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me, that when we are not following the advice of the wicked, standing around with sinners, or joining in with mockers, we're standing alone mm-hmm. most often. Yeah, because the world is usually on that path, and following Jesus is usually a a, a smaller, narrower, less traveled path. Right? right, right. And so that's the first step. That's that standing alone. The second part of that is. They delight in the law of the Lord. Mm. So not only are we standing alone, we're also delighting in the law of the Lord. Mm. We're finding our hope. We're delighting in what he has to offer us and what his commandments are. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't look at that, that command to, um, to meet together 
and and see it from just a religious standpoint, we look at it and we say, God has allowed us to do that. He's right. instructed us to do that. And it goes on to say, these people, um, they'll have so much joy. It says, oh, the joys. Like that's, he's, he doesn't start it and say like, you'll, you'll be happy or you'll be joyful. It's like, it's, it's an exclamation. Oh, the joys yeah. of these people standing alone. And then it says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves neither, never wither and they prosper in all they do. So mm-hmm. in every season, whether you're in solitary confinement, yeah. can you imagine the fruit that this pastor is experiencing right now in his life, yeah. like the the intimacy that he must have. I mean, I'm sure there are some times that he's real sad, like mm-hmm. he's real lonely. But I bet you he's never had the intimacy with the Lord like yeah. he's had being in prison, in solitary confinement. And for him, I'm sure as he's reading God's word, probably reading the account of Paul being in prison, he's probably thinking through the realities that you know, Paul said, like, like, count it all joy. Count it all joy. You know, and, and he's reading the Bible in a whole new light mm-hmm. where he's reading as if he could be Paul himself. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that strikes me is, oh, my goodness, how different are his children mm. going to be after their dad has experienced this? Because I guarantee you, those kids are learning to pray for their dad in a way they have never needed to pray for their dad before. Can you imagine? No. Like my kids pray every morning that my husband, that God will bless my husband with a new truck. Yeah. Not that God will release, release him there from, from prison. <laughs> and his wife. Like, can you imagine? No. I, you know, I saw this, you know, very brave act of her yesterday speaking in a public setting and encouraging people to go to church, encouraging mm-hmm. people to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, this woman is not shrinking back. She is not in her house crying her eyes out, letting people come to her and comfort her. She is on the forefront mm-hmm. going, preach the gospel, open your churches, yes. be in churches. Yes. And I'm thinking how bold of her, Ugh. how bold of this family that they are forever changed because of this. Mm-hmm. And the people around them are forever changed because of this. And so truly, you know, it, it God's word says that if you are going to be in his glory, you have to also experience his suffering. That's right. I mean, this, this pastor is experiencing his, his suffering. suffering. Yeah. And I think just to go like, are we there? Like, are we yeah. ready for that? And if we're not, what do we need to do to get ourselves ready yeah. for that type of uh, a backbone yeah. for the yeah. Word of God? Which I want to talk about that. Like, what does it practically look like? But I love this. This was the second part of what I, what I had read before I even knew this story. Psalm 4, verse 3 says, The Lord set apart the godly for himself. And I just hmm. can imagine... That God knew this man, his name is James. God knew hmm. he could handle it. God set him apart. Yeah. And I wrote this in the side portion of my Bible. I said, if you feel alone, you may just be set apart. Hmm. Yeah. If God's asking you to do something that feels very lonely, like no one else is doing it, it may just be God saying, but I've set you apart. Yeah. I've commissioned you to do this. Mm-hmm. I know you can handle this. Yeah. And I can't imagine the joy he must be feeling knowing he has been set apart because God saw fit for him to be able to stand up to this test, yeah. be able to stand up to this persecution. Yeah. So if you are feeling alone, if God, and, and I think there are many of you out there where you're mm-hmm. like, man, I'm the only one not sleeping with my boyfriend mm-hmm. before marriage. Mm-hmm. 
no, you're not just alone. You're set apart. Yeah, that's you right. Know, I'm the only one staying in this horrible marriage right now. Mm-hmm. You're not set. You're not alone. You're just set apart. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one that is a, a single mom trying to raise kids and taking them to church and and doing all the things that are going to help them be followers of Jesus. Yeah. You're not alone. You're set apart. That's God so good. has set apart the godly for himself. Yeah. You know, and I look at the story of Job where where God is so convinced that Job is not going to to turn his back on him, that God that he's not going to curse God, that he gives Satan, he allows Satan access to Job. Yeah. Because he's already set Job apart for mm-hmm. himself. So good. And you can imagine how lonely Job felt. Yeah. In all those moments when his friends betrayed him, when his wife betrayed him, yeah. when his kids were dead, when he'd lost everything, when his health was gone, he had to have felt so alone, Yeah, but he was actually set apart. So good. So you said this pastor's name is James, right? Mm-hmm. James 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Count it all joy, my brother. Mm-hmm. I think of James. Count it all joy, James. Mm-hmm. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. I love that word, steadfastness. Mm -hmm. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm -hmm. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and Mm -hmm. it will be given to him. I can just see, like, James' faith is producing so much steadfastness in his children, in his wife, in his own spirit. Mm. Like God's allowing this to refine his own spirit, drawing him to himself Mm -hmm. even more. And then I love Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 is giving a set of final instructions. And he says this, man, I just love how Paul does not hold back. No, no, he's he's so... I'm like, dude, I, I would like to sit down and have a conversation with you. Yeah, same. He says this, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Hmm. Like how good is that in this culture we're Hmm. in right now where I feel like as human beings, we are not being allowed to act like the strong men and women that we are. We are being like, we are being corralled as if we are farm animals and told where to go and what to do. And yet Paul given this final instruction to the believers mm-hmm. of Jesus are like, stand firm, mm-hmm. act like men, yeah. act like the strong women that yep. you are. That's right. And stand firm in the faith. And I just, I think that sometimes we need to hear it. We need to hear it that straightforward because this like tiptoeing around and being politically correct is not working for us no. anymore. No. You know, and we might want to believe that it has. It has not. Mm-mm. It has not done a service to anyone. No. And it's time for us to go, man, would I be James? Right. Would I be James if they show up at my church next Sunday? Right. And I'm the one on the pulpit. Like right. I, my husband and I preached last night together and yeah. I had that thought. I'm like, man, what? if those doors open right now, mm-hmm. we'll be the two getting hauled off. And mm-hmm. I'm like, am I fine with that? Yes, I'm fine with that. Would that be incredibly stunning for my children? They would be shocked. Mm-hmm. But I also know that they have a ha- an army of people around them that would love them and care for them. Mm-hmm. And their faith would be forever changed. Forever changed. Watching that kind of thing happen. So, yeah. And I think it's important that we say this, that it's not a belligerent attitude. No. It is a humble, 
and contrite heart. Yes. A heart that is turned totally to the Lord. Yeah. Not about revenge or standing up to the man. It, it, it's not it's, spiting government. No, it is, it is about knowing the call of God on your life, what yeah. we have been commissioned to do and doing it without any hindrance, yeah. even if that hindrance means you get thrown in prison. Yeah. So Heidi, what does that look like for, for us that, cause most people listening aren't pastors. They don't have churches sure. to open. You know, we are kind of in a weird um, small group of people where we do have a church to open and we had to make that decision a yeah. few months ago. And, and so this resonates with us really deeply, but what about, you know, the single person that's listening to this or the stay at home mom or the working dad or the working mom, or, you know, just, just people who are going about their everyday lives. What does it look like to stand alone and to be bold for the gospel? Um, you know, the, I actually think of a, a college, a, a high school girl right now in my life who is making an act to stand alone and be very different than what culture tells her she should be right now. Mm-hmm. Most high school kids are lining up their college career path. And this young woman is someone that has gone, man, I just really feel like I'm supposed to take a year mm-hmm. to figure out what's next for me mm-hmm. and not just jump right into a school. And I, I have to say like, in this situation, I'm really proud of this young mm-hmm. woman because she is standing alone. Yeah. You know, all her classmates are choosing their schools and getting all of the honor that comes with like, wow, you're such an awesome adult. You've chosen your school and you're making your education path. And I would imagine that and she's come along a, a very traditional route of school. So mm-hmm. the traditional answer would be that she would choose a school and go to school. Mm-hmm. But for personal reasons, she's made this choice. That's her standing alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and she may not realize even how significant that is mm-hmm. for her right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I guarantee you that she's going to look back in some years and go, man, I really think that was God asking me to stand alone. And now I see the reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually may be her being set apart. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think of someone like that, like someone mm-hmm. in my own life who's making a conscious decision to kind of go against the grain in that mm-hmm. way. Um, but then I also think of like, you mentioned the single moms. I can picture some some mamas I know who are the spiritual leaders in their family. Mm-hmm. And they're standing alone and making decisions that maybe is totally different than what their husband mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah, And I think like taking time to teach your children about the word of God, even in a household that mm-hmm. the man of the house doesn't believe in God, like yeah. that's standing alone. Yeah, You know, or playing worship music when you're working out in the gym and everyone is making fun of you, like that's standing alone. Right. So, and those seem like kind of simple, maybe mm-hmm. funny examples, but mm-hmm. it's, it really is in our ordinary lives mm-hmm. that are the things that make up the biggest difference. Yeah. And I think for the adults listening, um, I think a lot of our standing alone has to do with preparing our children mm-hmm. for the things that they may face. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you think of, you think of a, a 45-year-old woman, it's like, well, yeah, she's got the strength to know how to stand alone and to be set apart for the glory of God. But does your 8-year-old son, mm-hmm. does your 6-year-old daughter, you know, does your 14-year-old son mm-hmm. know what that would look like? And if and when they're faced with that, if they're the James, yeah. do they know how to respond? And so right. those of us as believers, like we have that opportunity to instill in our kids through simple conversations, yeah. you know, about like, what does it look like to stand alone? Yeah. You know, what does it, it look like when you're the kid on the playground that defends the bully? 
against everyone else right. or, or defends the one, the child being bullied. Right. You know, that's where it starts. It's those simple acts. Yeah. And I think it's, it's even as daily as say no to TV shows, say no to, well, everyone else has a phone or everyone else does this yeah. or everyone else is allowed to do this and just say, yeah, but we don't, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't. And here's why. And yeah. then explaining that. And I think teaching our kids that standing alone is actually it's not just being left out mm. it's being set apart that's really it's good because we've been set apart you yeah. know and and you mentioned like the 45 year old woman man i know a lot of 45 year old women ish that do not know how to stand alone no. and they don't and i'm saying like it's time yep come on yeah it is time men too yeah like pull up your big girl pants pull up your big boy pants and start acting like an adult who follows Jesus. Act like men. Act like men. <laughs> Act like women. Yeah. Like, let's not shy away from the world is trying to cancel us right now. Yeah. The world is trying to cancel any voice that goes against their narrative. Mm-hmm. And we, it's time to stand up. Yeah. It is right. time to stand up and say, I won't speak about my husband that way. Mm-hmm. I won't engage in this gossip. Mm-hmm. I won't take the na- Lord's name in vain. I won't watch those TV shows. I won't dot 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 yeah all of the things that is so easy to do when we get around the world and we follow the advice of the wicked stand around with sinners Mm -hmm. and sit with the mockers yep oh the joys of those people that don't do that yeah but they delight in the law of the lord yeah and i think in part the reason they get to delight in the law of the lord is because they start by not standing around with sinners yeah, I think you know, it's sitting with the mocker. Right. Because you think like the mocker, that's someone who is incredibly negative. Yes. And every everything has that negative slant yes. and that negative tone. It's very difficult to delight in the joys of mm-hmm. the Lord when you're around people that's that right. are negative. Yeah. So I think it goes both ways, mm-hmm. right? When you're delighting in the law of the Lord, you're not going to put up with that kind that's of right. crap. When you're not putting up with that kind of crap, you're going to delight in the law of the yeah. Lord. So it's like a flip-flop yeah. thing. It's really good, huh? That's so a great word. if you want to follow um, on Instagram, uh, hashtag free James Coates, C-O-A-T-E-S is his last name. His his wife is Aaron Coates 80 on Instagram. It's just, it's really incredible to, to follow their testimony to see what's, what's going to happen. Um, and just my faith has been so challenged and encouraged yeah. by that. So, and I would encourage you to pray for this family. Like they need an army of people prayer warriors right now and even we don't know them but you have the opportunity to pray for this family and like what a privilege to partner in this you know i think of the story of um the group of believers that were gathered together to pray for those that were in prison for their release and (laughs) as they were gathered in the room praying what they thought were ghosts showed Mm -hmm. up at the door and they were the people released from prison who they were praying for yeah you know so it's like that's the reality of our prayers that's right so Let's see this guy released and, man, hear the stories that are going to come out of this. So good. Thank you so much for listening. We're so glad that you do. Reach out and tell us how you're standing alone, how you felt. Because Heidi and I know what that feels like. We've spent a lot of our lives taking a road that not everyone has taken. And it's not always easy. But mm-hmm. the older I get, the more grateful I am that we've done that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm beginning to realize that really was God just saying, no, you're set apart for me. And, yeah. whew, man, there's there's no better place to be than than God being like, nope, you're mine. You're set apart for me. Yeah, tell us your story because we might podcast you. We might. You never know. Let's do it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you next time. 